Welcome to Power Tools to Success. This is a show about overcoming adversity and making a difference. Your host, Philip Rampisa, interviews guests from all walks of life to help you succeed. Welcome to Power Tools to Success. This is a show where we speak to people that have made a difference. We ask them how it gets done so that you too can change your life and achieve your goals. We also speak to people that have overcome adversity, lived through it, and have been able to turn their lives around and live meaningful lives after adversity. Today, I'm truly excited because I'm going to be speaking to Teofato Megan Chawuke Adonis, who is 28 years old and has lived with a, a disability that she has almost conquered and turned her life around. So Megan is also a founder of multiple organizations that are intended to help others that are living with disability. I'm truly honored to speak to her today. Megan, welcome to the show. How are you? Um, well, thank you so much. I'm truly honored to be part of this show today and quite excited. How are you guys? And hello to all your listeners. Thanks, Megan. You are truly an inspiration. Can you please tell, tell us about who you are, where you come from, and just tell us about your story? Okay, not a problem. Um, so my name, obviously, is Tsekhofazo uh, Megan Chauke Adonis. I'm a disability rights activist. I am also a motivational speaker, founder of an organization for women with disabilities, which is called Disabled Women Living with Dignity. I'm also the chairperson of Moshate, which is an organization that advocates and assists abused men and boys. I'm also sitting on the 20 regional forum uh, for students with disabilities as the executive um, member. And obviously, I'm involved in many other campaigns. I'm also a casual day ambassador and also uh, very proudly so uh, trying to change the face of disability. So I'm 28. I am a mother and I'm a sister, a daughter, and I'm, I'm a friend to many. I'm also a wife. And all of this, all of, let me say most of these things that I'm so proud of, especially being a mother and being a wife happened after I I, I, I I I had my disability. I've been disabled or I've been visually impaired, which is blind, for the past uh, five years, since 2015. I lost my sight in 2015 and I had to find myself adjusting. I was very depressed, but nonetheless, I overcame it. And where I am now, um, I, I'm sure we'll get into how I overcame everything. But just to give you a short uh, brief of everything, I I went through a very, uh, uh, how, how do I say it, trying time where I found myself questioning a lot of things around me. I couldn't understand what was happening. And because of what has already been put into society, uh, which is the stereotype of uh, persons with disabilities, I feared being uh, um, associated with disability myself, being put categorized, sorry guys, into into that sector or being put into that sector as a disabled person. But now I'm finding myself being truly inspired and finding my purpose. I'm accomplishing a lot more than what I thought I would be accomplishing 
um, if I had not had my disability and I I found my uh, my calling. That this is truly my calling. And I always say there's always a purpose and a reason as to why things happen to you. When things happen to you, it's sometimes it's important to just reflect and not think, why me? But think, why did God choose me and put me in this predicament? There must be a reason. Instead of thinking, why me am I being punished? And so once my family had supported me and my husband, my in-laws had given me that support to say, listen, you are greater than what you think. You are who you want to be. You already know what you are destined for. You just need to now expand beyond what you think you were destined for. That's when I found myself. And because I've got a younger sister who truly, truly looks up to me, after she told me that I inspired her, even once I had my disability, I found that, you know what, I have to continue because there's young young children who need to be educated on disability so that when they find themselves in this predicament, they do not feel lost as I felt in the beginning. And when I engaged with persons with disabilities who had experienced disability their entire life, I thought that's where an opportunity for me to start advocating with for persons with disabilities because I love engaging with them. I'm a very talkative person. So I engaged with them and I found a great need not for me to have an organization that's run as a business but an organization that's run as a family unit. We are a family unit, a structure that supports individuals. And that's what the DWLD has done. And I'm so proud of it. And any initiative that's got to do with the upliftment of the community and persons with disabilities, I'm ready. And we are waiting for, for all stakeholders to be on board with us. Because if we do not work together, we cannot achieve an inclusive South Africa. And that's what we're working towards, empowering persons with disabilities in order for us to speak equality. So that's basically me. I'm young, black, female, entrepreneur, activist, passionate, beautiful, and very proud of her disability. Megan Chauke Adonis. Oh, you also forgot to add, well-spoken and very articulate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for the addition. <laughs> oh man, Megan, you know the energy you bring. Um, I don't know, man. You just keep laughing me. I mean, you keep making me laugh all the time, Megan. Before you had, yes. um, before you had a disability, and we're gonna speak about a. You know, you've already explained briefly how the disability came about. And I, but I think one of the things that make your story so uh, profound is the fact that before you had the disability, you lived a normal life, which means, I mean, it's one thing to be born with a disability, but it's quite another thing to have a normal life and then have a disability. Can you tell us about your life before the disability and the change after you now had a disability what were some of the things you encountered you know what's the thing um uh and philip i say this to a lot of people we like using these words and putting labels to things when we say normal what is normal and then when we say someone is disabled we need to understand why we are saying they are disabled they're disabled by the environment and the society 
that's why we say they are disabled people not that physically but because we have adopted that and then we have taken it out of context and made it something that it's not what it is we have thought that this is what now identifies when we speak to disability or when we say disabled when i say i am disabled i mean that society and my environment disables me that's when i become disabled as much as someone who cannot fully um uh, read or write or you can't run as fast as i can you are disabled in that sense and that's when we need to start looking at it in that manner so before i lost my sight um I've 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 always been taught to be confident. My parents taught me to be free-spirited and very confident. And my mother always preached to be who you are all the time and be confident no matter what you look like. You must be confident because you are who you are and this is who you are. You 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 cannot look to please others because you will never please everyone. There's always going to be someone who's going to judge you and think you are different or unacceptable. So uh taking that into context I took it now when I lost my sight um and it was reinstilled into me so when i was um fully sighted which now i've adopted this thing from um some of my colleagues which is to say people who do not have uh who are not disabled are temporarily abled persons we call you tba temporary no 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 tab temporary abled bodies because everyone is temporary abled if you look at it if you look at abu magog or all the all the generations somewhere one way or another something happens as well and you become now disabled but you will not call yourself a disabled person or if you used to know how to walk nicely and now your joints are sore you will not say you are disabled you'll just say your joints are sore but in fact you actually are disabled in some sort of context and so growing up my mother made sure that we were exposed to persons with disabilities we were always exposed she had friends with disabilities that who we would always go and see you know around the mall where she would work we'd always engage with them laugh with them bring them in drop them off at home so i was always exposed to disability but never had disability directly faced with me i but i did have um an aunt of mine who had a disability who had passed away but i could not fully grasp it and because maybe i was young at the time it could not be you know really i could not i i, I took it as you know something light and uh because of the knowledge that my mom instilled in me i thought it was normal but not really normal she was different but i i thought you know because of the kindness that we have been taught um you don't treat her any different it's just you make slight adjustments to make sure that everyone is accommodated for and so when i developed my disability where you know i was still very young i was in my in my 20s i'm still in my 20s but i was in my early 20s i i couldn't understand because that's when it was the peak you know um i, I was supposed to be going out i was doing all those things and then all of a sudden everything just turned and you know me and my partner who's now my husband um 
things were going so well i was driving i had just gotten my license you know i had just gotten back into school and you know things were just moving for me and then i lost my sight i think 3 months after i got my license and i started losing my sight my sight first semester of registering back into university and i couldn't write because i had such severe headaches and this is what i say to women and also men but mostly women if you suffer from severe headaches constantly go get it checked up go to your gp your gp refers you to a neuro neurologist and a neurology a neurosurgeon because this is very common i was diagnosed only later after i'd lost my sight with endocranial hypertension which is a build up of fluid which puts pressure in the brain i did not know i was a healthy person very healthy i don't have high blood diabetes nothing i was healthy i had no reason to even take a, uh, to pay attention to it but you know when you take things for granted and you think you know it's just a headache let me take this tablet let me take panadol let me take whatever whatever let me take this break i could whatever it is you 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 end up getting used to that medication but not actually getting it checked up so i suffered from that for a couple of months just a couple of months and my medical aid disappointed me by not approving my immediate admission for me to get mri and cat scans for them to be able to figure out what is going on with me and by the time i lost my sight my neurologist decided to admit me with immediate effect as an emergency and by then it was irreversible irreversible and i had hope that you know what is going to be reversed i've been admitted now uh, whether the medical aid approves or not my doctor has admitted me and i found that it was irreversible it had damaged my optic nerves completely and i had to face this reality and i could not face it and for some time i wanted to face it after some few months i thought you know what it is what it is i was very depressed very depressed i suffered from anxiety attacks where i could ran- randomly have um shakes and tremble randomly fits randomly because i had so much anxiety and i couldn't understand what was happening around me but because of the support my mom had to leave her job because she couldn't um stay away from me i had to be in and out of hospital for a period of a month at a time went to specialist got surgeries done was wheelchair bound was you know i couldn't walk i had to learn how to walk again after operations went uh, failed you know i went through so much my body emotionally spiritually my partner who's my then partner my now husband went through so much with traveling and emotionally being exhausted and trying to support me and not understanding my family my dad my father uh, my, my my mother my sister my brother they all went through so much all all my family members and even my in-laws they went through so much not understanding and um what we find is that within culture um there's always a sense of you know that thing of baktagatile baoloile it's witchcraft it's whatever 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 nonetheless fact is i had to face my reality and my mom slowly but surely and my partner my husband my mom Uh, my sister my brother they started helping me build myself 
and during that time and, and some of my friends and what a lot of people uh, might not know is that I lost a lot of friends during this time and till today I don't know why and I think maybe perhaps they did not know how to deal with um this 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 new phenomenal that they are not exposed to I lost friends who I used to speak to on a daily basis every single day for hours at a time they just disappeared the minute I went blind the minute they realized that I was blind they left they were gone and even today i have forgiven them and i've said you know what i've lost people in my life because they were not exposed to this they are not used to it they might have gotten scared and it's fine i understand i understand i would have probably been scared myself and not known how to face that person and so now i have found i had my son i felt pregnant while um after i was uh, i went blind the same year i went blind actually and <laughs> it was a whole ball of emotions because i thought how am i going to be a mom i'm blind you know i can't see my son how am i going to you know change his his diapers how am i going to feed this child how am i going to engage with this child this child uh, how am i going to be a mother an active mother to this child I can't what am I going to do and my husband said we're going to do it together one way or another we're going to do it together and we took that decision and we did it and through my pregnancy he did not know but I was quite depressed because I was so fearful of what I didn't know this was my first pregnancy I didn't know what was going to happen to me I don't know what was how my child was going to grow up. I was in so much fear. I thought my husband at that time, even though he was supportive, I thought he, at some point he's going to leave me. Do you think he's going to stay with me and he stayed with me very supportive. Very supportive and adjusted and made the necessary adjustments in our lifestyles to make sure that I was fully not even accommodated for fully catered for. and my mom kept on reminding me of my resilience my grandmothers reminded me of my resilience the spark that i had before i had uh, i went blind and slowly but surely i built on that and my sister one day said to me you know you actually i wrote a paper on you at school and and i asked her for what and she said no it was a paper about who our role models were and i said oh okay why am i your role model and she said because you're blind and you're doing all these things and you know every day you make sure that i'm okay i'm happy you know you 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 inspire me and i said really and she said yeah you do like you always laughing you making jokes even if you're sad you know you get up out of bed and you make the most of your day and i thought wow i'm actually inspiring someone and that really really touched me i'm touching someone's life who is so young and at the time she was about probably uh i think 11 and i thought you know what if i break down i'm pregnant i've got my partner my family who are supportive i've got the friends who have remained behind who are fully supportive why must i break down and i just pushed and pushed i had my baby and when my child w- when it was born 
because of my operations and everything, I had to, I, I couldn't give natural birth. I had to have a C-section and there was complications before birth. But it, nonetheless, I had a baby boy, a beautiful baby boy who was born uh, premature, uh, I think three weeks early. And um, he was 3.9 kgs, healthy, chubby, you know, beautiful ball of light. And I cried when they brought him to me. And my mom cried, you know, she cried. And she said, I can't believe what you're achieving in your life. And after I held my son, I stood up firm and I said, I will not I will not give up on myself because if I give up on myself, I am giving up on this beautiful joy that I've been blessed with. My sight was taken the same year, but I was blessed with this joy. We were blessed with this joy. And that's when I started picking myself up. My family supported me. My friends that were there supported me. My husband was fully behind me with no pressure. And I did everything. And they made sure that they pushed me. Even when I was like, I'm tired. They said, no, no, no. You're getting up. You've got A, B, C, D. You said you wanted to do. Get it done. And I went and I went. And um, it took some time. Um, after once I had to get my family to accept that you know what this is permanent because they could not accept they wanted me to go to specialists and i said you know what we need to accept if it can be rectified it will be rectified but if not there's nothing wrong i have accepted i am good i am i used to take 10 tablets a day i am now taking one tablet and that's it so I have recovered and I have been able to engage persons with disabilities. When I engage persons with disabilities, when I went for training at the National Council for the Blind Optima, I found so much inspiration in the people that I met there. And that's when um, I started forming this um, idea of having my own organization. I started a loud communications group there for people with disabilities to be able to voice themselves themselves because I know we have been oppressed even within our families where we can't speak about sexuality. We can't speak about relationships. We can't speak about our interests because you've got a disability so you should be told what to do. And I formed that, um, that se those sessions where we would allow members to come and raise what they want to raise and we would debate on it and have discussions what is your issue what are you faced with hiv sex education let's do all of those things because you can't have those talks with your with your parents with your family let us have that education with each other let us share our experiences and let us educate each other and from there i built i went back to university after taking a gap year of about two to three years um, I went back to university and then I started um, studying and then I was inspired by Omam Ndombi Skweia because I had told her I wanted to form my own organization. She said, now is the time for you to do it, my daughter, do it, which she is an amazing woman for making sure that I put my dream into action and I did it and I had the support of everyone everyone 
and it was so amazing and i found so much happiness i'm so happy as you can hear you said i'm well articulated it's because of this passion that i have when it comes to disability it even makes me want to cry today i come from um, <laughs> makes me want to cry yes and i'm dead megan you're saying when you started the organization everyone supported you because now i'm hearing your story when when you had the disability your your friends you lost many friends yet over time people that were supposed to be in your life and support you in some way were there and all of them supported you so it's quite exciting to to hear you say that actually so it's, yeah it's quite exciting and um even today i come from um national parliament um for students with disabilities from unisa uh because i'm a representative from the executive forum for students with disabilities in twani and we make sure whatever door we bulldoze and that's how much passion we have we don't get paid for this but we bulldoze our way because we want the voices of persons with disabilities to be heard we want them to be heard we're tired of children and, being and that put is in the mission for a whole day yes <laughs> and that is we're the tired mission. of children not getting the education and the acknowledgement and yeah. that's why we want to create role models for young people with disabilities to to look up to to say you know what there's whoever whoever who's doing it they had a disability and they are doing it and that's why i have come into the sector to make sure that we expose them to these things to make sure we are there as a family unit if you want to call me at midnight and you're going through a crisis i'm here for you i'm your sister i am everything i'm your friend i can speak all those so languages Megan. with you you found your calling after the disability megan i'm mean, now want to ask you this because so many people face situations in their lives and i think they can learn a lot from you i mean things happen to people and i mean the first question when you've got a what we might and i'm not saying everything is a misfortune because some of the things just move us to our papers we might see them as a misfortune but i will use that word anyway i'll use misfortune anyway because i don't know any other way to use so what most people when a misfortune happens to them the first question they ask themselves is why me why did this happen to me so um you i mean you've been through that process and i'd like uh, i would like you to tell us what happens during that and how long does it take for a person to find their papers within that situation and what were the things that i mean you were telling yourself and can this happen quicker because some people like you megan make it out of it and they find their papers but some other people don't make it through because they just um engage in 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 behaviors that are negative and are self destructive so if you can guide in terms of that i mean how yeah how how i mean which, which what kind of process did you go through and how long does it take to actually find meaning within a situation that moves you to your calling but that you might maybe call a misfortune and how can we make this quicker so people can move quickly into that place because the place where you are 
is a good place so that's a very that's a very good one and i touched on it a little bit it's very important um for us to find the the correct support structure because what we always think is that you know i need to be supported from my family in order for me to succeed or be progressive or what successful you make your family we've got choices in life you can have the dwld disabled women living with dignity as part of your family for this type of journey you can build a relationship and have a relationship with us you can have your next door neighbor who lifts your spirits and gives you positive energy for you to get to that point you can have a relative who is miles away from you who lifts you up i have my granny that i call all the time all the time it doesn't matter what it is i have her and i know she will lift my spirit you'd find that support structure we do not have to it does not have to be blood uh related for you to say this is my family you find that support structure and then once you have realized what you are going through and it's a mourning process same way if you lose a close family member if i lose my my husband or whoever whoever relative that's very close to me i go through a process of mourning so you allow yourself to mourn but do not allow your life to revolve around mourning that loss because life goes on you are still alive so you need to find what are you going to do with what you are faced with currently so it is difficult you get the necessary help if it means me- mental wellness you get a uh, psychological help you get it do not think that you are any less of a person or there's something wrong with you because you need counseling you go and get it because it's going to make you a better person for who for yourself because you want to be the best version of yourself so you need to go through that process it's painful it's very very painful with my disability i'm blind it's painful it's painful painful you know uh, but there's also a beauty in it that i found is that everyone will remain young in my eyes that i've seen before my mother will never age in my eyes my father will never age in my eyes my sister her face will never age in my life but i can feel the growth within the space so you need to go through that experience and then you need to go through a process of accepting what it is that you have and then conducting your research on what it is that you have if you are blind if you are paraplegic if you've got cerebral palsy if you've got what down syndrome you'd conduct down syndrome you're born with it that's something else but these are the things you research on it go and research research if you are diagnosed go research on your diagnosis go research how to the function how can you function fully in society with your disability see what other people are doing to find some sort of inspiration find ways to make sure that life becomes accessible for you and that's what i have done i've made sure i research i find tools to make sure that i can engage people are very surprised when i'm like no send me a text on whatsapp or i'll send you an sms or whatever and they're like how can uh, how are you going to read my message or what are you uh, and i'm like 
don't worry technology for ir and that's where people with disabilities actually excel when it comes to the 4ir fourth industrial revolution we are in front but disability is not easy because we are marginalized by society and they and that that's where we need to step in and change the stereotype and stereotypical thinking that is around disability that is that we are incapacitated we are incapable because we're very capable we've got graduate we've got honors we've got masters we've got those who've got degrees two degrees three degrees and very well knowledgeable we've got those who are handy with um handwork we've got those who are well very well um spoken uh we've got we've got different skills so we just say give us an opportunity and we will take it if you if we can have an opportunity to be equipped we can take it and once you realize that you, you know what i've got this disability and i can do a b c d life becomes easier once you find a circle that can inspire you stick with it and continue and you be an inspiration to the next person without you even realizing it you'll inspire a sighted person that's how it works because we're not working to 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 inspire the whole world if i can inspire one person from just listening to this that is more than enough for me one person is one person who is inspired and motivated to be a better person and to live the best of their lives my mother always says this to me you must go out there and enjoy yourself you're still very young just because you're blind does not mean you must not be a social person you must lock yourself indoors because i could not go outdoors I, I, that's how sick i got because of my medication she said you have to go outside you have to enjoy yourself you are young you you know go outside enjoy yourself find tools if you do not know what to do google dwld google organizations for women with disabilities or google organizations for persons with disabilities contact me megan contact me reach out to me i will make sure i try to reach out to you and if i can't reach out to you send me my, your number i'll try and make sure i call you back and i'll speak to you as if we've known each other and we and and i i won't inspire you alone you are going to inspire me Speaking and that's the mind that how do people have. reach you if they want to reach you so um because i mean uh, you can i can be reached on my personal line is 081 765 5390 so that is 081 753 i mean sorry about that 081 753 i i you know no no colleagues i'm getting that wrong i'm so sorry about that <laughs> but um <laughs> put it on on your on your website i'm so sorry i'm very tired but also you can look at us at www.dwldignity.org that is www.dwldignity.org that is our website and then on our social media platforms we are dwl dignity and then you can find me also personally on my personal platforms i am megan 
Adonis. You can look at uh, search for me on Instagram. Uh, I'm Megan Adonis official. Just search for Megan Adonis. You will find me. And um, I will avail myself in any time. And we must understand all issues relating to members of society. And especially now because of gender-based violence, people forget about us. And we are the ones who actually are subjected to gender-based violence. So make sure you reach out. We will try our best to advocate for you. We'll make sure we make the necessary calls. And even stakeholders, make sure you reach out to us because we are using our own resources, you know, to do this because of the passion that we have. We want organizations and stakeholders and the corporates, government, public, um, a private sector to partner with us to ensure that we, we 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 reach and achieve an inclusive South Africa where persons with disabilities are included and normalized. And I did this by also doing a, a, a casual day thing at my son's school to ensure that those children who we call abled children are aware that everyone is differently abled so you can find me on on all those platforms and if you find me on one and not another send me a dm i will make sure that i respond to you and i'm always happy to get pictures and videos of persons with disabilities or persons who have um uh, family members, friends, or community members with disabilities directly and indirectly affected by disabilities, sending us images, videos, so that we can post on our websites because I like having fun with my disability because my disability does not define me. I define my disability and I live life on my own terms. That's my hashtag, living life on her own terms, living life on her own terms. Let's not forget beautiful. It's beautiful. And Megan, there's something you said that is interesting. I mean, before I end the show about, well, not interesting, but I just think profound um, that you've you've said about society. Uh, When you were describing disability, I think you said, um, and I don't want to misquote you, because I can't say this as succinctly as you put it. But you've said something along the lines of it is society that gives an impression that you are disabled, but there's actually no disability. Can you explain that just a bit more before I, I end the show? Because I think it was it, you touched on it and um, I just would like you to explain it a bit more. Okay, so um, I recently learned to alter this because I could not understand before I was not accepting when people were like, you are disabled. I was like, no, that's the wrong term to use. I'm not disabled. I am differently abled. And my mentor, which is um, Dan Kagana, explained what um, disabled is. Disabled means that you are disabled by society. So when we say you are disabled by society, if infrastructure, transport was accessible, education system, all all structures were accessible, then there would not need be a difference between myself and you. Because then already those accommodations and adjustments would already be there. So if a taxi, you and I climb a taxi, you can just 
jump onto a taxi, but I would need to feel my way around a taxi. But if a taxi was made in a way whereby I can access it without feeling around too much, then I am enabled. If I'm in a wheelchair, and in order for me to be in a wheelchair, I need to make private transportation private transportation arrangements because. A taxi is not able to put my wheelchair in the boot and I'm, they won't be able to assist me. That disables me. When employment opportunities are not open because I am visually impaired and I'm too costly for a company to hire, that disables me to, to, to being a, a key contributor to the economy and also to my household, which is what we're faced with. When uh, our, our legal system is our, our justice system is not accessible. We don't have sign language interpreters. We don't have Braille. We don't have accessible material for persons with various disabilities to access those um, those those those, those um, resources. That is what disables us, and that is what then makes us so different from everyone else because society has chosen to put these 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 precautions or these measures in place to make sure that we are that we are different they've chosen to label us and make sure that it's diff it's, it's hard for us to achieve certain things because we look different or we do things different and for them being different is not normal it makes people uncomfortable and that's why we say disabled us and that's why we say we are disabled people we are disabled by our environment and by society. Thank you for joining us. To consult, reach us, or subscribe to our newsletter, please visit www.philiprampisa.com.